Thank you for tuning in. We are Tristan and Michael, and you are listening to Fuse Transparent Conversations for Marriage, Family, and Relationships. We invite you to join us as we discuss perspectives that are thought about but not talked about. So tell your friends and family to check us out. And as always, join us on social media. All of our handles are at Fused Marriages. Yes, 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 yes. Glad to be here. Yes. Glad to be here for a, an, another show. Um, yes. Hopefully we are providing some insight for you guys on just, I mean, it's not just about relationships, sometimes about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's about, it's about you life. know, life, about yeah. kids. It's about extended family. Just, you know, our goal is really to help, you know, to try to uh, just promote oneness. I think that'd be uh, good. A, good, a good theme, Uni- unity, um, and just allow, you know, hopefully the world, I think the world is more at peace whenever we are more connected, Ooh. right? I believe that, though. Yeah. I believe that. I I agree with that because there's always a lot going on in the world. And I think if we were able to connect and see things from different perspectives and analyze Mm -hmm. where we are, that we would we would be better off, which kind of brings us to our topic for the day. Yeah. What you got? So today, um, one of the things that we are going to explore with you is this idea of stop the transfer. I'll let you jump into that. Yeah. I mean, uh. Stop the transfer, right? We all have a have a history and we bring some things to the table, right? With 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 what we've been through and uh it's in our mind, right, in our hearts and kinda and a lot of times it's not good stuff. Right. right. And we try to figure out like, okay, what's going on with, you know, the job or what's going on with my relationship, what's going on with me and my kids or whatever have you, right? Whenever you whatever you are connected to, what's going on with it. And a lot of times it's the stuff that you have gone through or been through or seen or this, that, and the other that's really playing a major factor. Yeah, I think that we take our life experiences and Mm -hmm. what we witnessed and all of these things and we live by those like customs and rules. And some of those are good. You know, some things I think that we learn from our parents or in school or even from observing friends are some good things. And then sometimes we're transferring from generation to generation and into our own environment, into our own marriages, some really negative attributes. But the only way to make Mm -hmm. a change is to be able to step back and to analyze and and to be um, aware enough to Mm -hmm. say, you know what? That is not something that I want to continue. That's not that's something that I picked up that was detrimental. And to be able to do that, it it takes um, a lot of honesty. Um, and yeah. some transparency, especially if you're in a relationship and you're married, to be able to mm-hmm. say, "Hey, what's up? What?" No, nothing. I got thoughts all in my head. Go ahead, okay. no, you're good no, though. Just you're to good. be able to say, "Like, hey, you, this you're is... speaking to me right now. I'm with you though." <laughs> to yeah. be able to say, "Hey, this is something that I that I don't want to be anymore," yeah. and to be able to yeah. say, "Partner, how can we work on this thing together?" Or, you know what? This is something that I noticed, and what are your thoughts about it? Just being willing. But I want to hear some of your thoughts. Go. No, that's, I mean, as you, as you were saying, the one word that, that, I don't know if you said it or just ring in like in my ears very loudly. If it's good, I said it. If it was good, you said you might have said <laughs> it, but it was vulnerability. Yeah. Right. And the ability to like be vulnerable enough to be able to like, man, hold on. I'm, I'm looking at myself and you know what? Something ain't right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like being able to dig and try to figure out what that is. Because sometimes we just end up making adjustments for what ain't right on the inside, mm-hmm. right? And we end up, people make accommodations, and I make my own accommodations internally, 
And sometimes externally, like, hey, you know what? If I snap off at the mouth and that's what who I am, mm-hmm. people say, oh, you know, I that that's just that's just Michael or that's mm-hmm. just whoever. Mm-hmm. And they just that type, right? Mm-hmm. And in reality, like that's a transferable item that some some in my opinion that happened along the way. Like, okay, well, like why why you gotta snap off? Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of that happens because people aren't challenged. Mm-hmm. It's just like like you said, that's just how they are. Or if you are challenged, then there's like a rebuttal. It's mm. like, you can't tell me what to do. You know, if you're, if you are used to, you know, you raise your voice when you're in an argument. Yep. Somebody say, yo, ch- you know, stop yelling. That's, I don't respond to that. Well, you can't, you can't control me. You can't tell me what to do. Or if, on, you know, maybe on a, a flip side, one partner just tends to be like, walk out the house. Not say they're leaving, not, you know, that's something I actually witnessed with you, which was really funny. Um, Reflectively, at the time, it was like, this is abnormal because one of the things um, with your parents, like your dad will just leave. And nobody mm-hmm. will know where he goes, but he'll come Daddy, back. where you at? He'll be like, hey, where's, where's your dad? And he's like, yeah, he yeah. gone. He gone. And nobody knew where that's just the way that it is. So in some marriages, it's like, that's not a problem. But in some, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, hold on. I need to know when somebody's, because when you and I got married, you yeah. were like kind of accustomed I'm, to that. I'm just going to, going to Lowe's, Lowe's, Home Depot. I'm just Yeah, going, I'm like, hey, no, I, I, you I, need I, to tell me when you leave the house. Because I need to know if I'm being left alone or if somebody's walking through the back door. You know, so... Even some things that can be not as heavy mm-hmm. still need to be conversation because that might have been something that yeah, you, you that you picked up. You didn't even know is, it. Yeah, that you don't even know. Yeah. So being willing to listen to, hey, this is a trait that you have. Are you aware, number one? Second, does that work for us as yeah. a unit? Yeah. And then even in yourself, does that work for me? Is that something I, I noticed or I witnessed or I observed is that something I want to continue? So I, w- I want to jump into a couple of these. So um, I want to hear from you and from you all out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to hear some of the things that you picked up that might be great, that might be really beneficial, that might help our community. Um, and then some that you say, you know what, this is something that I picked up that I had to shift or something that I'm just noticing. So hit us up on any of our handles or in the comment section, you know, just just let us know if you're listening on our um podcast platform um you know we still we still want to communicate we still want to connect so at fuse marriages let us know your thoughts or of course you can always email us info at fuse marriages.com so um as we're kind of talking about how we experience the world and some things that might have harmed or harm your relationship what are some things that you might have witnessed that you saw that you transferred that you either had to shift or are learning to shift wow that's a that's a that's that's an excellent question and uh, <laughs> it's like in my mind, like, okay, I go through all the things that I like. So like, wow, yeah, like that, that harm, that harm, that harm. But there's one in particular that comes to mind that I'm going to talk about. And I probably, I probably never talked about it publicly. Okay. You know what I mean? You, I think you, I was uh, exposed to you, but like publicly, I've never, never had talked about it. Right. And so when I was about 10, about 10 years old, right. About 10, uh, me and a buddy of mine, we were, uh, going to a it's, a, it's an abandoned trailer. I live in the country, so there was trailers out there. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy that lived there. He'd been gone for months. You know, we being boys, 10, we just roaming around, this, that, and the other, and just doing boy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He said, hey, let's go in here. Let's go inside this place. Let's go inside here. I said, okay. You know what I mean? It's like, it's no big deal. Ain't nobody been there. We ain't, you know, yeah. we just, we just gonna, we gonna just be, gonna do our kid thing. Yeah. We get in there, and it literally is, I mean, so it's probably about three rooms, the size of an average size room. Every single room had magazines 
stacked to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And we walk in the door. We didn't know what those magazines are. We looking like, man, what the, what is this? Like, we like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. So we end up grabbing some of the magazines, looking at them, right? Mm-hmm. And the magazines were porno magazines, pornography. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like, we ain't never seen nothing like that. You know what I mean? We from the country. We ain't, wasn't no internet. 10-11. Yeah, it wasn't no, so ain't no internet. At least it wasn't widespread. Like, I ain't know nothing about, you know what I mean? We playing Atari. That's what, that was the game system that was out. Whatever. And uh, and we flipped through the pages. We like, this is crazy, right? This is crazy. And, uh, and we like, we were just in awe of like, just how could a person have three rooms of magazines from the floor to the ceiling? All you can do is enough space to walk. And then, like, what was going on with, like, so we, we end up taking a few. Mm-hmm. He took some. I took some. I took some back to my room, looking through them, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And I put, like, maybe two or three under my under my bed, right? You know, you ain't very smart when you're 10. You just kind of do stuff like that. My mama made my bed. I don't even make my own bed. Yeah. So I put them under the bed. About two or three days later, I go back to look for them. They were gone. But I'm going to tell you this. Nobody said nothing to me. Neither parent. Mm-hmm. So your parents, one of them came and I don't know which one to this day. Yeah. My mama, I'm pretty sure it was her. Mm-hmm. That she, I mean, because she made my, you know what I mean? She had my, wash my sheets and the other. And she put them. I know she, I know she showed my dad. I know she did. Yeah. And, uh, but she never said anything. Hmm. And uh, a reason why I, I kind of say what I saw, because literally from 10 to about almost 30, you know what I mean? That affected my mind, like literally how I saw women, how I saw sex, how I saw intimacy. Like literally it was a struggle. And like, you know, you, say, you don't know that struggle came from that, but like I go back, like That's that was the genesis of it. Yeah. And it affected my relationships. You know what I mean? And it was a, it was a, I mean, damaging thing right now. I really had to figure, okay, man, what's, what is going on? And I had to go back, even if I was going to try to correct the whole pornography mindset, right, that I had, I had to figure out where it started. Because yeah. I, I can think, okay, it just came up. And it didn't. But it came from from that to say, okay, you know what? Me, you know, I'm a spiritual person. That's but I had to ask God to help, you know, heal me from that particular moment mm-hmm. of what I saw, right? And uh, But it ended up, and I say that because we're talking about, you know, what damaged you or what kind of what you saw, how it affected things. Right, right. That one particular thing was definitely a, a major one. So when you when you shared that, thank you for sharing that um, with all of us. But when you witnessed that, when you began to look at these magazines and mm-hmm. it affected you, you saw that. But what did you what did you learn? Do you wish that hey maybe somebody had talked to me or um, do you just? I mean, everybody I believe, mm-hmm. especially in parenting, does the best that they can with what they know to do. Yeah. Um, what would have been helpful to you from switching that harmful behavior earlier? Yeah, I think I think a conversation with me would have helped. You know what I mean? Just trying to figure out because I'm trying to how you digest it at ten, like you like you can't. Yeah. How you rationalize? Like okay, well, you know what? You can see that person is a sick person. They I don't know what they, like literally it was it's the craziest thing you ever seen. You can, I can't even imagine this in my mind like a kid at ten seeing that what I saw and how the, I mean it affected me right. Yeah. But I needed that conversation from an adult from a parent just to say you know what okay hold on where did this come from what you see. Like this ain't what, you know, intimate people look like. And I mean, all that's, I needed to have that, right? Would it help some, hopefully I would think it would have helped, you know, quite a bit to help kind of deter what my thinking was and where I was in the, in the process of heading after I saw that. 
Yeah, that brings about a really major conversation about what we what our youth is are exposed to. Oh yeah. What they yeah. see, what they hear. Because a lot of these harming behaviors that we talk about really start, you know, like you said, the genesis is somewhere in our childhood. It's something that we yeah. witness. Um I wanted to mention two things and then I want to go to another question. But so I never got into pornography, but it was really because my, my parents were very vocal about everything. So I remember being on the school bus once and somebody at this is, you know, um, they were talking about this website. You know, this is, I guess, after or during the magazine phase when it was transitioning. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went home and this is we had one computer and it was the, the dial up kind. I remember everybody was gone from the house and it happened to be on the same day. And I was curious. You hear these things. And I went on the computer and I put in the website and it was taking a really long time to load. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I was sitting there knowing in my gut, and I was older than you. I was in my early teens, I guess. And I remember thinking, I'm not supposed to be on here. I'm not supposed to be on here. And I just logged off like that that thing. And I'm going to get to it in just a second. But there was something in me that said, no, you're not supposed to do this. And I remember my parents came in and they said they could feel something. Something felt different. And, they, and I ended up, you know, they said, what were you doing? What were you doing on the computer? I'm like, I was doing nothing because I really had stopped. But um, I bring it up because my parents were so vocal. And there are some things as parents that we have to be vocal about, that we have to, especially now, because there's access to so much. Um, and not to in any way, you know, diminish what your experience was or how your parents handled it. But now it's like, you, know, you went into a trailer and found some magazines. That could still happen now, but you know, people have stuff on their phone that all they have to say is like, um, if you're, these are for people over the age of 18, like, okay, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, I I guess. Um, so I think that that's one thing, but also, um, one of the behaviors that I think was helpful to me, um, was, and I know for you, because you've said the same thing was how engaged and how involved my parents were. And they put stuff in me that kind of stirred because you said, even based on that experience for yourself, um, it was because like you you had you witnessed that, but you also transitioned because of the things that your parents planted in you in a youth where you were like, this is not this is not the direction that I need to go. And it took you some time, but it was because some there was a seed, you know, that was yeah. that you had in you to say like, OK, I need to make a shift. I need to make a different choice. Um, so that's just one thing I, I wanted to mention when we talk about what you see maybe as is harming behaviors and how you can correct those. But I think it's really important to be really honest and yeah. really yeah. be able to say where for real did this start? Because I think it's easy to blame on this specific person. Like they didn't do like this person was abusive towards me. And then to be able to say like, okay, why, well, how did I get to that place? What made it okay the first time, because as I've shared with you, and I don't know if I've shared it on the broadcast before, I was in several abusive um, relationships in, in multi ways. And I can't, at least I can't. And if you've been in that situation, please reach out for help, please. Um, but I know for myself in in those abusive relationships, it had to start somewhere. You know, you had to mm-hmm. go back to what is the root of this thing that made me stay or go from one to another to another. Um, so, um, something that I think that I saw from my family, um, we are really rooted in faith. 
So that was really helpful to me and simultaneously was challenging to me because you have to discover for yourself um, and learn how you process, how you think, what you need, um, what is religion versus relationship and all that. I think that's something that I that I saw that was both helpful and harmful because there's so much of it. You Explain know that. I mean? I mean, you say because a lot of times people hear faith, right? Yeah. They don't they don't hear harm. Like, what do you mean by that when you say mm-hmm. it could be harmful? Because that's somebody to understand with, like, you know, what, what you mean by that. Oh, wow, that's a whole conversation and super controversial, but, you know, I don't care, I guess. I'll just share. Um, I think heart. that in my experience, um, as a woman in the church, there was a lot of um, what I can and can't do, and I didn't really understand that growing up. Um, but, and I never realized there were so many rules because you hear first, like become a Christian and come to Jesus and he'll set you free. And then you get in a church and it's like slavery. <laughs> it's like, these are all the things that you can't do now that you're a Christian. It's like, wow. Versus, okay, let, let the spirit dictate to you what in different seasons, cause you grow into things and you grow out of things. So if you just come in and you put, you know, Um, chains on people's wrists and ankles why would you stay if you could leave that and I'm I'm talking about that sort of faith that is more bondage than freedom Um, so I I received a lot of that as a woman as a Christian woman Um, a lot of it also um, with balance observing what does that look like Um, there are some people that they are in the church all day and that's if that's where their heart is and that's what they want to do, that's great. But some people, they go to church, but they realize that their witness and that their responsibility might be in street ministry. It might be in schools. It might be in the community. It might be in government. And there's like a criticism if you're not like, certainly you serve and you give and you support, but not everybody has to do the same thing. And and there, at least in my experience has been, if you're not doing it all here, then it's somehow invalid unless you're famous Mm -hmm. then then we will say such and such comes to our church or such and such um is in attendance today or or whatever so there's like this big chasm of people that feel um what i'm doing is somehow discredited or less than because i'm an actress but i don't act in the church play or i'm a lawyer but I'm not, you know, on, you know, I'm not representing just Christian clients or whatever. So I, I found a lot of that um, I witnessed in Christendom, not in any church in particular, mm-hmm. but in Christianity. And maybe it's true in other faiths. I don't, I don't know. Um, but a lot of that, that that is harmful, and uh, and also harmful the um, the unwillingness and I've seen this across cultural lines skin colors religion the unwillingness to listen to other people like Mm. that you can't get from somebody that doesn't look like you talk like you act like you that there's nothing they could offer because there are even things that if you are of one faith that there is something else that somebody else says that like okay they can still have Mm -hmm. knowledge and not necessarily in faith believe the same things that you have even the scripture bible teaches us that god reigns on the just and the unjust so to think that you are the only one that has all of the information i think is foolish but i'm sure that there are some that would disagree with me now certainly for me 
I'm going to pray and I'm going to receive what, what God wants to say to me because I believe that he is the center of all knowledge and wisdom. But certainly if there's somebody that, you know, I might not be good you know, at cooking. And I might say, okay, I want to watch a YouTube video on somebody that's great at cooking. I'm not going to necessarily Google Christian YouTube cooks because like, that's just, Hmm. that's just, that's, I could keep going on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's good though. That's good. I mean, I think the whole, whole idea is right. Stop the transfer. Right. And that's really stopping the transfer of the things that be negative, negatively affecting you or your relationship. Yeah. Relationships, because it's more than just maybe one you have, whatever, with your kids, with your family, yeah. with your friends, whatever, right? It's affecting it in somehow. Yeah, I think some, one of the ones, too, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, that I think that <clears throat> communities are receiving um, is the the gender roles depending on the parent. Like, mm-hmm. when we were growing up, you could watch TV, and there was the, the dad, he worked, and he came home, and he sat on the couch, or he might be in attendance to help throw the ball in the front yard or, or there were shows that didn't have a very present or active father at all. And all of those narratives really affect our community. Um, but I'm wondering, because there are some that are listening that this is like kind of their first time seeing or trying to be a part of, you know, a productive monogamous relationship. So what are your, what are your thoughts on these images that we see, you know, or have seen or hear about in music? There's just, there's so much of these things being communicated, these underlying messages and how they affect our relationship and our marriage, what in our marriages and our children and all of that. What what are your thoughts about the influence of that? Yeah, I think it's a, a very powerful thing, right? With what the idea that you can see something even without consciously taking it in, but subconsciously saying, Okay, that's what I wanna be or that's in my mind now, a template of what could be, right? You talked about like what a mother and father look like and what the traditional household or non-traditional household look like. Uh, and whether that's in real life or on TV, right? You get these ideas in your head of like, what's the right thing? Mm-hmm. I think the right thing is only the right thing. I don't know if there is a right thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what's right for you may not be right for this next couple exactly. or the next person. This yeah. is like, it, like, I don't define right by that, right? Um, there are some baseline things that are, you know, absolutely, you know, without a doubt that are right or wrong. Right. But how you treat somebody that I mean, that's a, that's, that's a baseline. Right. You treat somebody with kindness, respect and all that and love them. Mm-hmm. Right. But to say that, you know, this person should work, that person should do this, this person should cook, this person should take a like, Does that in the scheme of things, does that matter? No. What thing that matters is order. And do yeah. you have order in your house? Yeah. That's if you have order in your house and it works differently from maybe when the person down the street. So be it. You have kids that you're raising that are healthy and moving on and your relationship is kind of, you know, moving forward. Right. Let that be. Yeah. Right. So you may be a stay at home dad. No what's wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Somebody may have a problem with that. Right. You know what I mean? Even on the man that's actually doing it. Right. He may be a stay at home dad or struggling, trying to figure out. And his, and his woman is like, you know, holding it down. He got to just, hey, I'm going to pick up the slack in other places. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick him up. You know what I mean? I'm going to make sure I'm going to cook the dinner. You know what I mean? I'm going to make yeah. sure the bath water is ran. You know what I mean? Just like different things that you can do. That's, you know it's what? partnership. That's, that's, that's partnership. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the narratives that I've experienced, and then I'll let you close with one of the ones that you've experienced. We are a blended family, for those that don't know. Um, and I love, I love all my kids. I have, I, I feel like such a, such a blessed woman. I, I really do. But it hasn't always been easy. And as, you know, as a, a stepmom, quote unquote, or a bonus mom or whatever terminology is used, um, I've experienced like the, the, um, this is what 
you know, the wicked stepmother, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though that was never my, that was never my heart ever at all. Um, and so that played into like how the community would, you know, maybe how the, our other moms or, um, kids or community atmosphere, like, oh, this is what you must be like. I remember when we would plan around one of our, our daughters, um, if there was something they were doing, they'd be like, why are you doing that? Like, you don't have to do that. Like, I would love to say like, okay, what are they getting for their birthday? What, what do we want to do? It's Christmas or try to make special moments, um, and never make them feel like they weren't apart. Mm-hmm. And that became such a challenge because of like, People in our sphere and outside our sphere would say like, well, why are you doing that? Like, that's that's not your kid. And I remember cutting people off that would be like, yeah, don't don't talk about don't talk about that. So I think that's something um, that's detrimental that you do have to have like this mindset to say, okay, who do who am I and who do I want to be and what is my heart and to truly honor who you are and not let people Mm -hmm. determine who you are have that those close people to you that can talk to you that can love on you that you can be transparent with that you can say this is what i'm experiencing or is this accurate um being able to ask and to say babe what do you think about this and if you if you have somebody says you're going the right direction or if somebody says you're not going the right direction really be able to think about that and to consider their perspective so that was one of the things in terms of you know how we experience the world and how that propels us forward that now i feel at least equipped to talk about some of the challenges of blended family, as well as some of like the beautiful things that I've had to, that I've, re- that I've been able to experience. So what about you for our, you know, kind of our closing, something that you've maybe experienced that's affected. Yeah. Affected I, I just, if you don't mind, I want to touch on what you just said about, oh, okay. you know, uh, being a bonus mom or being, you know, the parent, not the biological parent. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what affected people in the situation that you describe is right. They let, they let what they saw affect, affect them how love can be expressed or the possibility of how love can be be expressed. Right. What do you mean? So what I mean by that is that the people that may have kind of approached or didn't basically give you a chance, Mm -hmm. they saw something where, and unfortunately this is probably the more the norm where the the bonus parent is not loving and kind, but they saw that and then they put a blanket sheet over it. Right. Of saying the next time that situation happens with, you, somebody else, a friend, a neighbor, they said, you know what? They got, they get down. They like, no, love doesn't have a shot in that scenario. So they saw something prior to yeah. me or maybe somebody else that yeah. wasn't ideal. And then they just kind of said, this is how all of them are. This is how all of them are. Right. And I think, I mean, that's what stopping the transfer is. Right. Cause ultimately if you don't stop it, you end up stopping the possibility of love. And mm-hmm. ultimately I use that as, as a, as a love, as a blanket statement, because like our whole goal in, in my opinion this, in this world is just to love. Right. Mm -hmm. Love, love yourself. Love your neighbor. Love, love, love what you're trying to do and what you're trying to create. Right. If you don't have those are the three things. It's like it's a real simple life. You can put life in those three buckets. Right. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Love what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And if, if like if my if my situation of what I'm seeing stops me from doing that, then I need to check that. Right. If I'm not loving myself right or I'm not loving you right, I'm not giving you a chance to even love, in your case, the bonus parent to the kid, right? Like, why would you, yeah. like, hold on, give it a shot. May not, it may not work, whatever, but, like, you don't, don't got to give it a shot mm-hmm. and, and, let, and let that play out. So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, well, give, give them one more last, one last thought about, um, you know, maybe some things that 
we could do to benefit our, our relationships. Yeah. I mean, as we make that transfer, I mean, the ultimate goal is right. Is to identify the transfers that have happened, right. That are, or maybe even happening currently, right. In some of you guys' lives, right. Whether it's, you know, an anger issue, whether it's, you know, we talk about pornography, whether it's, you know, a bad spending habit, right. Whether it's, you know what, I don't, I don't listen to nobody. I only trust myself. Mm-hmm. Like all of that didn't start when you were one years old. Mm-hmm. That happened somewhere when you were three, four, five, eight, nine, 15, 25, whatever. It happened yeah. somewhere along the way. And now you are carrying that, mm-hmm. that thing. And like the idea of us trying to stop, identify it and stop it is ultimately to free ourselves so that we can really just explore what relationships could be. And what love could be ultimately so. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. What love could be. We're trying Absolutely. to combat those things that we maybe experienced, saw, heard, felt, all that. So thank you for joining us today for this conversation. Uh, make sure that you do connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, our handle, at Fuse Marriages. Um, and check our website for more content and resources, FuseMarriages.com. Let's talk about it. <laughs>